0: Well, imagine the scene with me. It was a Thursday night, 2,000 years ago. Jesus knows that His time has come. The Passover meal that they celebrated is over. At this point, He has completed the institution of the Lord's Supper. Jesus and His disciples have sung a hymn and they have made their way to a familiar place, the Mount of Olives. At this point, one of the disciples is not with them. Judas Iscariot is on his way to the chief priests, getting ready to complete his betrayal of Jesus. When Jesus and his disciples reach the Mount of Olives, they head to this familiar place, the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus asks all the disciples to pray while he goes off by himself. He he kneels down and he prays a very simple prayer. An angel of the Lord attends to him to give him strength because Jesus is in great distress. As he returns to his praying, he begins to sweat. And he is so distressed. That he is literally sweating drops of blood. Anguish does not even begin to describe what he is feeling in this moment. Jesus knows what is facing him in the next 24 hours. He is about to experience something so terrible that even the Son of God is filled with dread at the thought of it. And what is causing him this intense grief? Is Jesus thinking about the physical pain that he is about to endure? Is he thinking about the beatings, the floggings, the the crown of thorns? Is he thinking about the nails that will pierce his hands and his feet? Is he thinking about the agony of hanging on a cross for hours, slowly dying? As great as the physical pain was that he was about to endure, this was not the source of Christ's anguish. No, what consumes the mind of Jesus was something much more terrifying than the torture he was about to endure. What he was dreading was the very thing he was praying about there in the garden. He said, Father, if you are willing... Take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. This cup that Jesus is referring to is the cup of God's wrath. Romans 1 tells us that the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men. God, in His perfect justice, does not and cannot leave sin to go unpunished. Yes, God is a God of mercy. He is a God of forgiveness. He is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. But God is also a God of perfect justice. God would cease to be God if He did not deal justly with sin. Sin at its core is rebellion against God and God is justified in delivering the punishment that sin deserves. His wrath. Now it's hard for us to conceptualize the wrath of God. It's like trying to imagine eternity. It's very difficult for us to wrap our minds around what it means to not have a beginning and to not have an end. And it's hard for us to imagine the wrath of God because it is something that is so awful. Something that is so terrible that it would literally cause Jesus to sweat drops of blood. You know, Jesus had the power to raise people from the dead. He raised his friend Lazarus. And yet, he was in anguish over the thought of suffering the wrath of God. Jesus Jesus realized that he was about to endure, and about to face his utter undoing. While Jesus hung on the cross, dying a slow and agonizing death, we have seven recorded sayings that he spoke. One of them was in Aramaic, Eloi, Eloi, Lamat, Sabachthani, which means, My God, My God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus didn't cry out because of the pain that he was enduring. He cried out to his Father because he was suffering God's wrath. Christ had become sin. And God was punishing him for it. Jesus was drinking the cup of God's wrath. The cup of God's wrath is filled with God's just and complete punishment for sin. Why does this cup exist? It exists because of me. And it exists because of you. For we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You see, I am the reason that Christ had to drink the cup of God's wrath. You are the very reason that God, that Jesus had to drink the cup of God's wrath. He suffered and died on the cross for our sin. He endured our punishment. Because of us, the cup of God's wrath was full. As the scripture says, later, knowing that all was now completed, and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. And a jar of wine vinegar was there, and so they soaked a sponge in it. They put the sponge on a stalk of his supplant and lifted it up to Jesus' lips. And when he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. It is finished. Christ has drank the cup of God's wrath. The cup is empty. Jesus drank it and he drank it to the bottom. Not a drop of it remains God's just punishment for the sins of the world was poured out on one man, the God-man, Jesus Christ. Though he had done nothing wrong, he paid the price. Because of his great love, he sacrificed himself. And by doing so, he took my punishment. By doing so, he took your punishment. He drank the cup of God's wrath. It is finished. Like Jesus, we also drink a cup. But the cup that we drink is a very different cup than the one that Christ drank for us. Because Christ drank the cup of God's wrath, we don't have to. Because Christ drank the cup of God's wrath, we now drink the cup of salvation. On the night Jesus was betrayed, He took bread. And He gave thanks, and He broke it, and He gave it to His disciples saying, Take, eat, this is My body. And he also took the cup, and he gave thanks, and he offered it to him to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. The cup that we drink is a remembrance of what Christ has done for us. It reminds us that Christ drank the cup of God's wrath as his body was broken and his blood was poured out for our sins. The cup that we drink is one of a new covenant. This cup is a cup of life. Because when we drink of this cup, we are declaring that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We are declaring that He died on the cross to save us from our sins. We are declaring that we have surrendered our lives over to Him by the power of the Holy Spirit through faith. We are declaring that we are the adopted sons of God and members of God's family. We are declaring that one day we will drink this cup anew with Christ in His Father's kingdom. Because Christ drank the cup of God's wrath, we can enjoy the cup of God's salvation. Now Paul warns us that we do not approach this cup lightly. As we declare our faith in Christ, we also declare our sinfulness and our inability to save ourselves. We approach the Lord's table in humble repentance. So as we come to the Lord's table, let us pray together. And we're going to use the words of Psalm 51. If you would please bow your heads and pray with me. Have mercy on us, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out our transgressions. Wash us thoroughly from our iniquities and cleanse us. From our sin. For we know our transgressions and our sin is ever before us. Against you, you only, have we sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Create in us a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within us. Cast us not away from your presence. And take not your Holy Spirit from us. Restore to us the joy of your salvation. And uphold us with a willing spirit. This we pray through the precious, precious blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.